This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Welcome to Season 4 of the Planted Podcast. This season, we will look at the first epistle of John, especially as it pertains to the Great Commission. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm here with Thad Keenel, and we're doing the Planted Podcast. What's going on, Thad? Hey, Pastor Matt. I'm looking forward to Season 4. Yeah, we're starting a new season. We are in January of 2023. Now, hard to believe we're in 2023, but... Well, it's hard to believe that we've done three seasons of, of this. You know, you never know how long it's going to last, and it's good. We've had um, some good reports from from the podcast, and it'd be nice to hear, you know, some more suggestions and questions yeah. and stuff so we could address those things, but I think they're, um, from the reports that I've been hearing on it, it's just been a good uh, source for people to listen to. They like the back and forth that, that right. we have, and so that's encouraging. And I know that they're not just telling us this to tickle our ears because the the number of downloads is is way up. So that's good. That is good. That's good to hear. And you know, even if it wasn't that many, we 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 have a blast doing it anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, we it's our desire that this is helpful and, and enjoyable. And and as it's named, planted uh, out of Psalm one, planted by streams of living water, that we want people to be rooted in in God's word and. And to really have a love for it and want to spend time in it. And so hopefully our conversations and our time in that in, uh, gets you in it, even as you're listening to us, but then also produces a desire in you to want to read it yourself and and and, and enjoy not just the mental exercise, but the, the real spiritual exercise of, you know, hearing from God, right? And so, uh, so yeah, we hope that this this fourth season will do that. Our seasons don't last an entire year. I think we've been doing this maybe a little over two years. I think so. Yeah. And so, so we yeah, and we don't we're not every week, but we you know we're trying to keep things going. And so our first season was on the Word of God, um, kind of a bibliology season, uh, the theology of the Bible. And uh, second season was a kind of a on the book of Colossians, but it was also a kind of underlying theme of how to study the Bible as we went through Colossians. And then this last season we just did was on Reformed theology, kind of the Reformed faith. and Right, the doctrines so, of grace and um, some of the things pertaining to that. Pertaining to that. And yeah. then we finished up with the priesthood of believers. Yeah, that, that last it was the priesthood of believers after we'd done, you know, Tulip and the five solas of the Reformation and so forth. And so we're, as we were talking about what to do for the next season uh, that we start here, and we don't know exactly how long it'll go either, but we thought we would kind of revisit a li- in a, some senses like we did the book of Colossians, um, where we'll go through the book of 1 John. Um, but here, instead of the kind of the underlying thing that we're trying to draw out in terms of just how to study the Bible, even though we'll be using some, obviously, those principles as we go through here, but what we're going to try to highlight not necessarily is what we're doing other than just doing it, but we want to more highlight this theme of, of evangelism and, and, and what is the gospel and how to proclaim it and, and seeing how um, in word and in deed, and, and we'll see how First John kind of brings that to light. So that's, that's our desire. Uh, hopefully we can accomplish that. And if we let the Word of God do its do its work, 
then uh, then hopefully it will be a blessing to you. Yeah, it sounds great. All right. So as we should, anytime we enter a, a book study, we should give a little bit of background on on the book and, and some of uh, its purpose for, for being written and and so forth and who wrote it and and when and all those kind of things. And some of this scholarship is always, you know, there's always some debate unless it's absolutely certain, you know, based on some of the things in the text that, that give us these clues. And we don't necessarily have that for First John. There's not like a absolute date of writing. There's not a reference to a particular historical figure or things like that that can help us date it. But it's very likely that it was um, written, one of the later books of the New Testament written, attributed to the Apostle John, the same writer of the gospel. And I, one of the best ways that's attested in that sense is just you see a lot of similar words and phrases and conceptual themes uh, within the, uh, the first John as you would in the Gospel of John. And so that in and of itself, I think, is a dead giveaway, in my opinion, you know, that this is John, right? Sounds like John. Yeah. It just sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like the Gospel of John, right? Um, but in, in, in terms of, you know, who it's written to, uh, it, it's very much probably written to the Gentile world, as was his gospel. And it likely may be written before, but may or similar time as when, for those who believe he also wrote the Revelation of, of John, which the, the last book of the Bible, that he was at that time at the island of island of Patmos, at exiled to the island of Patmos, and they don't know that he would have been exiled at this point. So it could have been before that, but it would likely would have been in the kind of that Asia Minor area where you see those seven churches of Revelation. So some people even think he would have been maybe close to Ephesus uh, potentially, and so this might have been a letter that would have maybe even gotten to some of the similar places that. The book of Colossians went to, um, potentially. We don't know that for sure, but that would be some people's thoughts that it could have been a similar area there. Okay, good. So um, what, where, what's that relative to like Patmos, where he ends up writing in Revelation? Patmos is an island in the, you kind of, I think it would be considered like a Greek island today, okay, unless sure. there are some that are that are like more Turkish, you know, islands, but I don't I didn't look it up. So, right. so but as far as um, this letter goes, this first epistle here, um, is he in prison? They don't think so. Okay. Don't think so. Yeah. Um, or, or in exile, I yeah. guess he would be. Right. right? Like in, um, like he was on Patmos. It was yeah. it was more of an exile, right? Right. Right. Um, but I, you know, but I didn't. I'd have to. I'd have to double check that for sure. Um, the, the letter itself is is written. Probably a little bit more like a sermon than we might think of than a letter, or it, it's um, it, it's definitely you can tell it's definitely not in the style of Paul, right? Yeah. And so he's not necessarily doing kind of a didactic teaching in the sense of like a linear progression of thought, uh, as much as he's dealing with themes. And so there's several themes that come up throughout the letter, kind of almost he jump backs and, and revisits, you know them. But it is it is deeply personal. He uses like language like children and dear ones and things like that. And so there seems to be this relationship that is that is formed here as well. Would, so would the um, term um, on occasion when he's using it, um, like my dear children mm-hmm. and beloved, um, those are just terms of endearment to to the believers that he's writing to. Then, yeah, it could be an expression because he knows he's writing to believers, but it could also be. Uh, and and, and trying with that, trying to express 
the love of God and that common brotherhood, you know, that is there. But but it could also very well be that he knows that he knows the people, mm-hmm. you know. So okay, yeah, good. And then you know, in terms of the occasion, why he's writing, uh, there would be definitely a a sense of needing to deal with some false teaching that is there. There is some concern of being led astray by teaching, and also you know maybe turning away the, from the faith because of uh, things like love for the world or even giving into the pressures. Of, of the world and things like that. But there was this, um, and we've talked about before, even I think we even in the Colossians series, we mentioned that at, at this time, especially even later, because this is going to be later than Colossians. This is probably like they would say 80, 90, maybe around in there that this was written. Okay. So um, one of the later writings that, that at this time, we don't have full-blown Gnosticism um, that has arisen, but it's we, we're definitely starting to see it develop even more than it than it did maybe even in like Colossians, um, but there used to so this this sense that you know there's this elevation of of just having a, a knowledge of God and the Word and the message as as opposed to just really needing to have a real incarnational person that's there or and, and or if there is then this idea that related to this called docetism which was a form of Gnosticism where Jesus just he appeared. As, a, as almost like a ghost. Um, and so you could see him, like a, a, he was there, but he, he wasn't really made of the same stuff of, that we are made of, of earth, because of this dualistic idea uh, in Greek thought that began to develop more and more that the physical world, world was of lesser nature than the spiritual world, mm-hmm. and, or the, and the, the kind of the intellectual, mental ideas of things that had, were on a higher plane or higher level. And the, the, the physical was in some senses, not just inferior, but even, you know, evil or, evil or okay. you know, I don't know if they would use the word sinful, but we would say, you know, it was sinful. And then there was the, the spiritual, which was the more, which was the better. And so right. therefore, from a Christian standpoint, if you're linking this in with Christians, that they would say that, you know, uh, well, God can't become material, you know, that he's above that, right? you know, and so that's where... Which, is, which has everything to do with the gospel message is that God became incarnate, yes, right? Exactly. You know, and we had talked about that in some some of our re- recent teachings, yeah. um, and not only that, that after the resurrection, um, in, in Luke 24, Jesus says, you know, realize now that spirit doesn't have, you know, flesh and bone, yeah. yeah. and uh, so even in his resurrected body, there was a, a form of body to it, a corporal yes, you know, right. entity that was there in other dimensions, of course, but still physical. Yeah. And, 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 and so therefore, as we've talked about, I think before too, that, that, you know, when we mention salvation, we talk about the kingdom of God, that it, it, it is a spiritual kingdom, but it, when we say it's a spiritual kingdom, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a physical reality to it, right? That it's, it's governed by God and 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 so forth, but it's it's been inaugurated with Jesus coming in in the present, and and while there is this old world that's passing away, just like our old man and the flesh is passing away, there is a new creation that started now. We are a new man now. There is a there is a new age that has broken in, and we're in this already yet not time, but we need to be looking forward to that that fullness of that age to come. But it's already started. It's not just something we're waiting for in the future which that mentality kind of fits well with a, a Gnostic thought or this Greek dualistic, extreme dualistic thought. Because mm-hmm. if it's something you're just waiting for later, you know, then, then it's all about, 
this whole night that we're going to be whisked away to heaven in some kind of rapture or, or yeah. that we're going to, you know, that we're just waiting, you know, to go be with the Lord instead of the seeing, no, the end is actually when the heaven comes back to earth and we're totally reunited and we're actually, you know, here. It's not, you know, we're not being whisked away or we're not going away to some, you know, galaxy far, far away where everything's going to be okay. Yeah, you know? right. For sure. And one of the things that I really love about this letter is, of course, not only that it really gives a good definition of being a witness for Christ, but it really calls us to fellowship within the body of believers. Right. And not only that, with in regard to sharing the truth with others, sometimes we'll hear, you know, let's talk to the world about Jesus and his love. And certainly that's a big part of it, but let's not really talk about sin, hmm. you know, and right. this book is a 50, 50 down the middle of the love and the grace of God and dealing with the sin in the life of a, of a, well, not only a believer, but also a non-believer, right? right? When somebody, because it's the sin where we have condemnation. And so we have, that's the, you have to have the problem and then the solution is God's <laughs> grace, right? Yeah. And so with that, it doesn't it doesn't walk too gently in regard to the sin. No, and that's and actually one of the other issues that it, like you say is being raised that you know kind of this question is it possible to live a sin-free life? You know, and I think 1 John is very clear, you know, that that that's that, that we're going to wrestle with that can, you know, until uh, that day when that the, the completion of of New heavens and new earth, and we get our resurrected bodies. That there, you know, if we will be deceiving ourselves if we think we're without that. As right, well. and there's also going to be know, some challenging so. verses that it says, you know, yeah. if you believe, then you, then you, then you do not sin. So, right. what, is, what does that really mean right. in the bigger picture as well? Yeah. But uh, so, what do you think? We're going to start off just uh, in the introduction on the uh, the first four verses here, or? Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's plenty there. If we can even get through all that in this episode, knowing us, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. Yeah, so how about, Thad, go ahead and, and read the first four verses of First John for us. Okay, I'm going to read from the New King James Version because uh, you probably have the ESV. Mm -hmm. And this is really just to show, I think they're very they're very similar. But First uh, John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard we declare unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ." And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask now for the help of the Spirit um, as we look at your word and as we discuss the, this opening. And uh, we pray uh, for your wisdom and insight into these things and help us speak what you want the listeners to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so this... It's it's actually a very you know from a um, translation standpoint it, it it's it's a little bit cumbersome because there is it, it in a lot of senses a weird not weird but there's a lot of parenthetic phrases 
there, you know, it's not just like a clear, straightforward sentence <laughs> necessarily. Um, right. And so it almost feels like one sentence, like you do when you come into Ephesians one, it's just is never ending. Where do you right. take a breath and how do you break it up? So I was trying to pause right. at the commas, but yeah, then no. sometimes I was pausing and I said, well, maybe I shouldn't pause here, but it is, you're right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's, so there's actually, you know, a lot of interpretive questions to kind of ask along the way. I don't know that we'll get to all of them, but one of the things when you have this and I, and uh, I was telling that earlier that this was a, a paper I actually drummed up. I wrote in college. I, in one of my classes, I, I wrote an exegetical paper on this. So I was just reviewing notes from like 20 years ago uh, to see how much of this I could remember. But in that one of the, I remember one of the exercises trying to say, what's just kind of the kernel sentence? If there was, if we could look at this, you know, kind of what's the, is there a main subject and verb in, in this prologue? What is it? Uh, and so, and so I looked at, at, at my paper and it, it really came down to, it is we proclaim mm-hmm. um, or we announce uh, might be some of the translations would have we uh, uh, announce. So right there in, uh, um, now I just lost my place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Verse three, the verse, verse three, three we yeah. heard and we, that we, that's what we've seen and heard we proclaim. And right. so really everything else is centered around the we proclaim. And so that the first part is he's, he's giving, he's setting the backdrop um, for the kind of the why uh, they're proclaiming. And then what is it that we proclaim? With that in mind, we, you see how it's easy to talk about evangelism here right. or witness because there is a proclamation. And, and this word comes from the, the same word from which we get angel. It's the, uh, the, uh, the angel or angelos, and here, this is apengelos um, or apengelamon. The thing, it's the message. It's it's the announcement of the message. Just because an angel is a messenger, and here you have the the announcement of the message or the the heralding of the proclaiming of the message. The announcement uh, is what that is. And Excellent. so, um, mm-hmm. so 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 we got to ask ourselves, okay, why all the big setup? Why? Why this big run-on sentence before the announcement? What is John wanting us to know about what he's proclaiming? And so I think what we see in some of this is we start to see some of this false teaching, some of this heresy that he's going to have, that is he's addressing right from up front, this whole idea that, that Jesus wasn't incarnate, that he just appeared, you know, as some kind of, you know, spiritual... Um, ghost or or something, <laughs> right. and and he's like, no. Um, we'll talk about in a minute. We'll talk about that which was from the beginning or what was from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Before we get to that, I'll just say this whole idea which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked on, and our hands have handled, mm-hmm. or we've touched. And it's more than a, I love the the New King James translation there because it's more than just touching. It is actually like manhandling or physically yeah. handling someone, right. Right? right? You know, and so it'd be the difference from from just like shaking somebody's hand to actually living with somebody or you know you know like if like kids growing up like brothers who you shared a room together you know they would wrestle on the bed right. i mean you know they would they handled each other right. you know it's not just like i shook his hand one time right yeah. <laughs> you know he he knows what he knows that that jesus life was physical he's seen with his eyes seen with his what what they've heard and the other thing just to notice out of this is 
what's the pronoun being used throughout the, all this, or the pronouns being used in, in this prologue? They are first person plural. The we, yeah. The we's, the us, the our eyes have seen. And so what does that communicate to us? What is John saying? This isn't just what he has seen. Yeah, he, he, he's, not, he's not just having an, an illusion here. Or, right, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like, this is the witness. I mean, the testimony in, in the scripture right. was based on at least two, you know, to, yeah. to, to form a, a, yeah. a legal witness, and this is many. Yeah, and so who is the we and the hour that he's talking about here? Is it just the Christian community in general who was, or, or the, the converts who, who was with Jesus? I think, I would say, I, I lean to this, he's, he's speaking as an apostle. He's speaking as one of the disciples who is an apostle, and I would say he's speaking as one of that community. So when, when, so he knows he's not the only writer of these things. Others have written about Jesus, and, write, and, and, and they all would attest to this the same way he did, right? Right. And if, if you think about it, if their hands have indeed handled them, this would have had to have been before the ascension. Right. You know, if, if, if we're talking about that physical sense. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I think, so he's writing as one with that apostolic authority, as one of the, the, the ones who, sure. who did all that. And so, um, and so he's addressing the the whole notion of docetism. He's establishing his authority as one who walked with Jesus, um, and he's he's also um, in that sense he's you talk about a testimony or an, an a witness. You know, a witness wants to tell the truth. You know, and so he's establishing. Listen, this is firsthand account. I'm not, I'm not telling you something I heard from someone else. You know, this isn't some story passed down to me. I'm telling you what I saw. You know what, and not just me, but the others with me. I'm reporting. You know, mm-hmm. firsthand account here. You know, right. so so now let's deal with this phrase that which was from the beginning or what was from the beginning. Now, when you he- just initial reading of that, what comes to mind? Well, it sure sounds like the Gospel of John out of the gate. Okay. So what is so? Let's go back to the, the the prologue or the the first the opening of John, and let's just read a few sentences of that. Um, sure. Well, I'm not looking at it, but I know it begins. Um, In the beginning was the Word, right? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Yep. And all things were made through him, and without him, nothing that was made wasn't been made. In him was life. And life was the light of men. Okay, right. and so 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 here we have um, the word. We have in the beginning. We have life. You know there. So we you just see the similarities. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the question is, is there's a little different phrasing here? Where here is just in the beginning was the word, right? Which makes you which harkens you back to Genesis, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Uh, and so I think there's no accident that John opens his gospel the same way. In, in the beginning was the Word, talking mm-hmm. about Jesus being part of creation from the very beginning. But here, it's not in the beginning. It It's more what was from the beginning, would maybe be like a literal translation of the Greek there. So why say it that way? Why is, in some senses, it's reminding us of that in the Gospel of John, but is there something else here? Is, is, he, is he just hearkening back here to the creation of the world, or is he talking about um, something else? Uh, or is it, is it maybe a combination you know, kind of deal, <laughs> yeah. which, which is the, 
which is the, it was interesting. And so what was from the beginning? Well, when he, after he says what was from the beginning, we just talked about his testimony. And so how does, how does his testimony of what he saw and heard and touched, how does that, how could that answer the question of what was from the beginning? Can you say that a different way, please? Um, or again? Yeah. So when he says that which was from the beginning or what was from the beginning, and then he goes on and says, which we have heard and seen and I. So there's in some sense you could say, oh, he's answering what was from the beginning. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. right. And so, so um, and what was that? The life that was made manifest and we've seen it and testify to it and proclaim to the eternal life from the Father. What was... You, what was made manifest to them? It's the word of life. It's the word. It's the Logos. Yeah. The word of life, who is Jesus. Right. Right? And right. so, in, in, in one sense, you could say, what was from the beginning for John was the incarnation. Yeah. And even earlier, right? Because it's the Logos that's with God in the beginning before creation. Well, yeah. I, I do think the ultimate answer, it's the both and. I gotcha. But I think the initial underlying thing is we could just we could just read it on its surface right that's here. That's why I was trying to have you yeah. ask it a second way because I didn't want to over-answer. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it's very easy to do because, because I mean, we, it just... It, 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 it so reverberates yes. that that gospel of John right. and the eternality of God, the be, the beginning, right? But then it is speaking of the physical presence of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it, it's a little bit unique in the sense that it also it it it's also contains the the phrasing the imperfect form of the verb verb to be, which we also then have in verse two as well. And so with that. You know, in the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and so you have that sim- some of those similarities uh, of that. But the real question is, how do we take the R, that Greek word RK, or the beginning? What beginning is he talking about? Is he talking about the beginning of the life of Jesus, the incarnate Son, or is he ta- which he's seen and heard and has, or is he talking about the? In the beginning, the logos who's eternally existed, or whatever, yeah, and so it's all in there, right? Because it yeah. says in that in that one verse there. I guess I'm having. I guess it's still in verse two. But which or who was with the Father? Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. And so I think I think it is in that sense. It's referring to both. Mm-hmm. It's it's talking about the incarnational ministry and the preexistence of Christ, right? And so when we think about the life. That becomes an important question too when we talk about the message, because what does he say? He when we get to now this, we've kind of gotten to this point where we get to the that which we've seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. Now notice the repetition there in verse three, and in verse two he just keeps emphasizing the life was made manifest, and we've seen it. Now he already said earlier in verse one, we we've seen with our eyes, mm-hmm. and here in verse two, the life that was made manifest, we've seen it, and we testify to it, you know. And we pro- and proclaim to you the eternal life um, that was made manifest to us, you know, that's in our made visible to us. Um, and verse three again, that which we've seen and heard, <laughs> you know. So he's really wanting to drive the point home, right? Yeah. And so this we proclaim also to you. Okay. So back in verse two, they proclaim to you the eternal life, and here. You know, we proclaim, this we proclaim to you. So we have to ask ourselves a question. When he says eternal life, what is he talking about? 
He's proclaiming eternal life. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? What is the message of eternal life uh, that he's talking about here? Well, if we if we stick to these verses right here, right now, and try to not let all that other stuff come in to help us answer that, um, how would you answer that just based on this con- this immediate context right here? For me, the key word that is jumping out is fellowship. Mm. Not sure if that's where you were where you were going, but fellowship with the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. Right. So, um, in the first... well, it, it's interesting. The first the first fellowship He says is with us, yeah. and then He says, "And that fellowship is with the Father and with the Son." Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, true. I'll, I'll, well, I'll come back to that in a minute. But, but yeah, that's that helps us answer that. That, that there's this that He wants them to have fellowship like they have fellowship, and that fellowship was with the Father and with the Son. So there's something about this message of eternal life that's related to fellowship with the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. But even before that, the life you have the eternal life, but it says which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. So there, the, what is that eternal life? Well, in some sense, you could say that's Jesus. The eternal life. So you have you have the person of Jesus is who was made manifest, and etern- and he is eternal life. Um, and so, but it's Yahweh, right? Well, yeah, yeah. It, 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 well, that's that, that's a little bit of what the the big thing picture is, is. What is what is this Zoe? This this the Greek word the the, the life that is there. What is that? Is that just is is it something more than just this physical life? You know, it is it is that, but what is why why the eternal life? If that um, if that makes sense, why why what's what's going on here? When we think of eternal life, do you know? Oftentimes, we think of we're going to heaven, right? But is that what he's talking about here? No, I think he's talking about an enduring fellowship that, mm. that we'll have not only with. Um, the Father and the Son, but with each other in in that realm, and not only that we will have, but that we do have. It's a, almost in a present sense that He's speaking and is inviting others to join Him in that. Mm. Yeah, uh, and there's something you know. So if if Jesus is pre-existence, if He's with the Father, and He's life, yeah. you know, then and and we get to participate in this life. You know, in this fellowship with God, yeah, there, there's something, there's something really interesting happening here because part of what I'm saying is the message is the person of Jesus, but it's also what Jesus gives us, right? And you know, I really was, I've been trying to not go there because we're talking about First John, but because it talks about um, our hands have handled, and I already brought up Luke 24 mm. in regard to saying, you know reach out and feel, you know, see that a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones, you know, behold the holes in my hands. Basically the, it's the doubting Thomas thing, right? You know, stick stick your hand in my side, you know, put your fingers in my, in the nail prints in my hands. Mm -hmm. Um, But what Christ does in that Luke 24 section that I had been talking about in regard to the shadows, the shadows of Christ is he is manifesting to his believers everything that was written about him in the old testament right so it 
the manifestation that John is talking about is the manifestation of God throughout the entirety of Scripture, in, hmm. my, in my opinion. I think it goes, it, goes, it goes back further. I mean, of course, this is about Christ and the resurrection and the, right. person, the person of God in the form of Jesus right. Christ. But Christ takes that all the way back to the beginning, right? Before Abraham was yeah. even, I, I am. Yeah. If, for, for the listeners out there, um, if, if you're in the Brighton area and Cornerstone Church, you know, um, Wednesday nights have started up again. Thad's teaching a class on the shadows of Christ, looking at uh, Christ in the Old Testament. And so come on out and join us for, <laughs> for that if, if, if you're listening. But, but that's what he's referring to there. But, so, but back to this. So we have, um, you know, at the end of verse 1, it says, we've looked upon, we've touched with our eyes. It says, concerning the word of life. So we have, that's the logos. Um, we have, uh, it, in Greek, it's the, the, the tolegu, the two legu taste zoe. So it's the word of life. The, the, but it is the lot, that's the word, the logos is used there. So you have the word of life. And when we think of word, we do think of Jesus is the word. You know, he is the logos in a person, but, but that the word is also a message. It, it, it's also the, it, it, it is the, it is the logic, the, the, the concept, the idea of, and the reality of, of where life comes from and the meaning of everything. Exactly. Right? And it's almost like he's reflecting back. For, I mean, if, if we're thinking back to the gospel, to John's gospel, and this yeah. is John writing this, it's almost like he is purposefully sending them back to chapter one of his gospel, you know, which <laughs> yeah. um, is talking about that the word is the, the life and the life was the light of men. And then also that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? You know, so it is all of it is all of that, right? Physicality. The, best, the person of Jesus is the message, and the message is the person, right? That there, it's integrally linked together, mm -hmm. and so both give eternal life. When we speak about Jesus and what He does and what He's accomplished, His incarnation, His crucifixion, His resurrection, His ascension, um, you know, that is the that's the gospel, uh, but. But it, you can't separate. But he, the, but it's the person who did this. Right. You know, he is the logos. But the logos communicates. Right. You know. So and so yeah. So he's he of course is communicating to them the fellowship with the Father and the Son. But as you had said earlier, I would not, I would like you to ex expand on that a little bit. That you may also he's saying to them have fellowship with us. I mean that's a. That's a congregational fellowship that he's speaking of there. Yeah, yeah. That's it, it's funny. I use this passage a lot in 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 various contexts. Um, I do it in our new members class when I, I do a, one of the talks I give on is is um, connecting to one another. So our our kind of purpose statement that we say every Sunday is we exist to connect to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus Christ, and we. Three, our first three sections of our new member classes. First, we do on connecting to God. We do on connecting to one another, and another one on connecting to the world. And then we do kind of a answer all uh, fourth session on the reform doctrines and, mm. and, past, and basically you can ask Pastor Winans anything you want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> but but in in that second talk that I give, it, it's connecting one another. I use this, uh, and, and I, but I also use it in our small group training often to talk about small groups, the, the purpose of this fellowship with us, and I use it in evangelism all the time. That, that fundamentally saying that John's heart is, I want others to, to, I want you to have fellowship with me. But the only way to really do that is to believe in what I believe in. 
Yeah. You know, the only way to really know what true life and true koinonia, this true fellowship is of life, is to know where the real life comes from. So for the fairly common thought that might be out there, sometimes you'll hear someone say, hey, I believe in God. I believe in his son, Jesus Christ, that he died for me. Right. I don't really want to be a part of, of that church, though. Right. You know, I'll, I've got my peace of mind right here with that knowledge yeah. and that truth in my Bible. But if that for that person that says that or has that type of thought, it would be impossible for their joy to be full. Yes, it would be impossible for their joy to be full. And I would say they really don't understand who they are in Christ and in what the fellowship is, because God's desire all along is to have a people for himself, not just individuals. That he's, he's calling us from the very beginning, just as he is a triune God who's in fellowship with himself, and he wants us to mm. enter into that fellowship with him, we only truly enter that into fellowship with him as we enter into fellowship with one another. That, that that's, um, this is a communal body, and that we become part of a people, not you know, as we as we enter into this fellowship with God, right? And you can't. I guess what you're really saying is that you don't want fellowship with Christ because the church is the body of Christ. Exactly. Earth. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And if you deny that, if you if you um, are choosing against that, you're robbing yourself of Jesus because that's what Jesus is, is what he wants and what he's saving for himself. And so. And, you know, even as I say that, we're encouraging people in a post-COVID world, you know, we're still dealing with it, and we're still dealing with the effects of it. We're keep encouraging people, come back to church, come back in person. We know you can live stream, you know you can do virtual, you can, you can listen to your favorite preacher online somewhere and visit their church and say you're going there, you know, and they're 3,000 miles away. Or you can even say you're coming to this church, but all you're doing is virtually. Uh, and I'm saying you may have some just reasons for that. Maybe you're going through chemotherapy and you need to very much protect yourself from from the germs. Or maybe, you know, you're you have health issues or certain things that are keeping you from that. Or, you know, you're on vacation. Great. Tune in when you're on vacation, but come back, right? Right. But but the point is, but there are some who are still just at home because of their worries, of their stuff, and they think, well, you know, I'm still getting out of church what I want to get out of church. And, I, and I'm saying, well, you, you're, you're robbing yourself of that true fellowship. Uh, you're, you're missing out. And, and I think, you know, just as he, Hebrews says, don't forsake the— um, The assembling the, of the yourselves. The assembling yeah. of yourselves. Yeah. And um, just because you're tuning in with us, there's something about the fact that Jesus became human— and they were able to actually physically touch him. There's something about the embodiment of life that um, you're missing when you're not with others in that way. And so we just want to encourage you, if, you know, if, if, you, if you don't have very good medical reasons for, for not being here, come, you know, and if it's not here, find another body. Right. You know, because I think it's, 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 it's the desire of the of the father now that and and, and the son and, and so uh this this fellowship that we have what is the um when you think about really having fellowship with the father and the son and we would throw in the holy spirit right it's by the holy spirit it's the spirit who unites us to jesus right who is the in some senses the 
the way we have that fellowship in the, in the right now is through the Spirit. What do you think that's like? What do I think? About? What do you think? The, well, let, what do you think the fellowship is like between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit? Yeah, it's a very close family yeah. relationship. Right? right. It's it's intimate. It's intimate. Um, free from free from sin, obviously, right? Free from worry or anxiety or all those things, and the fact that we get to enter into that. Um, and do we experience it in the, in the absolute fullness that we will one day? No. But the point is, we are brought into this. That this this fellowship is something we can experience now. We'll experience it in its fullness one day. But that relationship has already started, and it, it's been inaugurated. You know, we are. You know, we're engaged to God, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Absolutely. You know, and and he and he keeps his promise. Um, as we talked about, if, if you want to hear more about that, go to our last season on Reformed Theology, and we'll talk about the right. eternal decree and, <laughs> and God keeping his promise. Um, but the, the point is, is that we should desire that so much to, to be able to, you know, sit down and, and, and see that even now I can begin having that conversation with God. I can enter in through prayer and his word and in conversation with the body when we fellowship with the word. When Thad and I come and talk about the word together, you know, even like right now, we're having this fellowship with the Father. We pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide our time here, you know. We're getting to experience that right now. It's one of the reasons I like Thad so much is because I, I don't talk to him about other stuff very much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Well, the truth of the matter is, you know, if you're around me long enough, I will disappoint you. But, you yeah. know, that's 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 humanist. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's our human Right. The old flesh. man's going to come out. It's going to come out. But, you know, the idea is to, in, in the congregation, is we do hold each other accountable right. because we want to be um, living a more sanctified life right. and glorifying to God. And, you know, I received the blessing of you saying, hey, guess what? You probably shouldn't behave such in such a manner. Sure. You know? And so that's, right. that's, that's great because it's all about being brought back, not only into fellowship with, with the body of believers, but in a, in a manner of understanding that, Christ died for us for that very reason, right? That that's 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 part of our yeah. um part of our world and our flesh is to keep us dependent upon yeah. his grace during this time, right? Not right. not to slam each other. And so uh that body that we have and that fellowship that we have within these four walls is so important and we have the fellowship in the breaking of bread which is done in remembrance of Christ and what he's done for right. us. Exactly. Yeah, so so yeah, we want to cherish this fellowship, and and it's very interesting that this is part of John's desire. That he, it's just interesting that he says that first. I want your fellowship to be with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. And he like it's almost like he's catching himself. You know, our, our our fellowship it comes from there, but but he just has that heart's desire to want to proclaim. Why am I proclaiming? He's not proclaiming so that you know because God in some since needs him to. I mean, it's a calling. It's what God ordained to do. But he's like, oh, this is on my heart. I want to proclaim to you because I want you to have what we have. And what we have is that eternal life. And that eternal life is fellowship, you know, with the, with the Father and the Son. And and it's interesting that, and he's like, he, he understands the privilege of the of the self-revelation of Jesus, that, that God chose to reveal himself, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I want to, I want to let you know what I've seen. 
You know, it's it's kind of like, um, you know, we, I think we've talked about this before. If 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 you're at a, like a sporting event and you see a great play, you know, you see a in football, you see a, a receiver make a res- remarkable catch. You're like, did you see that? Or can I tell you what I saw? Yeah. You know, and, and he's. He's saying, I saw this. I'm telling you, this is where this is eternal life right here. I, I know what it's like. Jesus is eternal life. Right, he, right. Yeah, so. and, and also think about that for the passerby that that didn't see the the great play. Yeah. You know? Um think about the passerby when when they're walking, you know, through the halls and there's three or four people standing there talking to each other. And one of them says, hey, come on over and join us. Yeah. Join this conversation. I mean, that makes you feel great. I'll never forget when I, you know, 25 years ago, um, I was always hesitant to go into a classroom, in, into a Sunday school class mm. environment. Um, I was uh, self-conscious. I didn't want to be asked a question I didn't want to know, that I right. didn't know. I didn't want to right. feel or appear to be, you know, unknowing of things and like that. But the very fact that somebody came out the door, grabbed me, said, come on, you're coming into class. You're going to love it. Yeah. You know, we're not going to put you on the spot. That was that was what started the whole thing, hmm. you know, and it's a, yeah. it really makes you feel welcome and then you're comfortable and you're comfortable with the people. And why is that? Because they're reflecting the light of Christ and they're sharing in the truth. Right. And so it doesn't have to be, you know, getting hit upside the head with somebody on the street, you know, proclaiming the word of God that way is sharing the truth in love. Yeah. You know, right. And then of course the proclamation of the word on top of it, which is the most important. Yeah. And so, so which I think brings us around to verse four where he says, um, you know, we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Mm-hmm. And so when we have that, we had this little bit of discussion, I think, in Colossians where we talked about, like, Paul was striving, you know, to to work hard for the gospel because there was something lacking that he was making up for in his flesh, you oh, know, yeah. kind of a thing. And and this same phrase, you know, John uses, I think, again in, in the gospels um, in the sense that, uh, I think, in John 15, 11 and in 16, 24 about wanting his joy to become complete um, in, in some way. Sure, yeah. and, and whenever he does that, it's always, it, it, it always in the sense of when God is doing something where in the context of kind of receiving a message, that, of, of something we're receiving from God, that our joy may become complete in that, in that sense. And, and I think we see that in, in the, like one of the calling on John and the apostles' life, but also just in general, this whole notion of evangelism. There's something... Um, when we proclaim the gospel, that it helps our joy become more complete, uh, especially if people are being added to the number, right? If more are joining into the fellowship uh, because of the proclamation of the gospel, and then, of course, the call of God on them and God doing that work that he's ordained to use the preaching of the gospel to do that, that what's – we have to ask the question, what's, what may be incomplete or why why does why does John need more joy? He's already got fellowship with the Father and the Son. You know what 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 more joy does he need? Yeah, I think um, just look at um, the family unit. You know, you have if you're a married couple and you have a child, when you yeah. have the when you have the second child, <laughs> even though you didn't think you could have more joy or more completeness, you do. You exactly. That's right. That's a great analogy. I think that that's that's perfect in, in that sense, and, and and in the sense too that in there's this. There's also the when we think eschatologically or towards the end of God's purposes. The the some people say like the teleology, the telos, the end of things. You know, God has 
God has a book of life, and there are numbers, and He's got more to He's got more to bring in. He's patient. He's tearing with us right now. Right. Some right? people will say, "Why is He taking so long?" But <laughs> yeah. the idea is, and He answers the question in Revelation, I think, chapter six, right? Yeah. Um, a little while longer because the number right. is not complete. Exactly. You know, there's more to come in. So we have more brothers and sisters coming. Amen. That's right. And we do, and so <laughs> and we don't know who they are. So let's but let's go out there and preach. Is it you know? And let's proclaim. Let's let's share this goodness with people. You know, it's interesting because so you that were our talk- joy may be complete. Right, right. You were speaking about the the joy being full and and, and what it says in in John, the Gospel of John. But in First Peter, it also says, uh, for even though you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the mm. salvation of your souls. Right. Um. There, there's there's more there's more joy. Yeah. You know. Right. And. I think for those of us, you know, um, uh, who've been in the church while, who have a sincere faith, recognize that the joy that we have is not directly related to how good I'm feeling at the time, Mm. but with the understanding of the truth of what Christ has done in me, is doing in me, and and in his body of believers. Right. You know, that's... Um, that's the, that's the understanding of joy that we can have in the, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst mm-hmm. of pain and suffering, right? That, yeah. To be able to, to keep our eyes fully fixed on Christ. Yeah. And, uh. And that pain and that suffering doesn't take me out of fellowship with God. Right. You know, but he can actually be with me in it, which I think is, is so important. Well, I'm just one kind of final question to look at here. Because uh, we might be saying, well, that's great for you, John. You know, you got to live and walk with Jesus. You, you actually did handle him. You know, you may have even wrestled with him one day. Who knows? You know, maybe you maybe you raced each other up the, up, up the mountain one time and, you know, fell over each other or whatever. I didn't have that experience with Jesus. Right. right? What's my testimony? Do, do I, can I proclaim just like, like John proclaimed? And, and and I'm like, I think we can. We we all have our own testimony of Jesus. We may not be able to say we physically handle Jesus, but do do you have a story of of Jesus entering into your life? You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, do you have a do you have a story of transformation? Do you have a story where you can say, I I what have you seen with your eyes and you've heard with your ears? What what has God done in you? How is how is the life the eternal life of God been made manifest to you, right? And we should all, if we, if we're believers in Jesus, we should all have that story to tell. Right. So we may not word it like John does, but we have our own story. We have our own experience with Jesus, and it's and it's valid. Well, the one thing that might be worth noting um, is the reminder that the faith that we have is not our own, mm-hmm. right? It's a gift from God. And that true faith and true fellowship with Christ um, includes persecution mm. and the testing of your faith and the going through the fire. I mean, mm. that, that was all part of that First Peter verse that I was reading, right? Yeah, right. Um, it's through those things. And so if you find um, in those times of trial trials that your f- faith is actually stronger— then you're on the right you're on the right track right. right if you find that your faith is wavering that you're questioning god as you're being tested then you actually need more introspection introspection and 
um, meditation on God's word that explains to you what Christ is doing in you through those right. times. Yeah. Right. Because you're, um, it, it's not health, wealth, and prosperity. Yeah, it, it's not. And, and we and we ask, we have to ask. And I think one thing I do often is is during those times, I have to, I just ask myself, do I believe Jesus is real? Did he really come? Did he really die on a cross? Did he really raise on the third day? Is he seated at the right hand of God right now? Do I do I still in in the here and now do I still believe that? And if so, if I can reflect upon that and and preach the gospel to myself and and believe it and say, okay, then no matter what happens to me, I think of the verse in Revelation 10 where it, it says how, how do we have the victory of Jesus, right? It's by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their te- the saint, the word of their testimony, right? So I, I'm reaffirming my testimony when I preach the gospel mm-hmm. about the blood of the Lamb that saved me. And then it says, and they love not their life unto death. Right. Right? That I love Jesus and believe so much in his resurrection that I will one day be resurrected, that I don't have to love my life that much. That even if... And I and I can say this nice from my nice comfortable chair in my nice comfortable church in in nice comfortable Brighton, Michigan in 2023. I'm not experiencing a whole lot of persecution right now, right? right. And but my prayer is that if I do one day or when I do one day, you know, I can still I can still hold firm to that. And I'm not going to love my life unto death. I'm going to love Jesus. And when times get tough, I'm going to say He's what matters. He's where eternal life is. Whatever I'm experiencing now, it's it's. It's not, um, I can endure it because of the life that I have with Jesus and will one day have with him. Right. Well, uh, part of your testimony from your comfortable chair as you sit there inside from the elements is the, the testing of faith that comes in the, in the little things and how we react to those. Right. You know, and so when, when you're driving in your car and somebody rear ends you, yeah. you know, you, right. you, can, you can instantly know, man, that's not that's not going to be the best start of my day, (laughs) but Christ is on the throne. Exactly. And you can glorify him in those moments. I remember, you know, on many occasions where people say, I can't believe you're not upset. You know, like one, one time I, I lost my ticket or I didn't have my ticket with me. I thought I had an e-ticket, but it wasn't. And I had to instantly buy another ticket to go to Florida for a golf, for a golf trip. So right there, I pull up my credit card and I give it to him. And I said, okay, here, here it is. You know, yeah. do you think I'll be able to get that back? Yeah, just, just, just call the agent, and that'll mm-hmm. all happen later. I said, perfect, not a problem. And I put it on the credit card. And the guy that was with me said, that would have, that would have wrecked my entire day, knowing that I had to buy another ticket right then. I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm with you guys. You know, right. it'll, it'll all work out. And so, just little things like that right. is a testimony to the people that I'm with, as well right. as to the joy that I, that I reserve in my heart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, and it is that perspective too. That I've got fellowship with the Father. So if someone comes up to me today and says, "Man, I really hated your lesson the other day," <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, well, it's not something I want to hear. But Jesus, I told you, I was sorry I said that. <laughs> <laughs> right, or or whatever it was, or you know, hey, you forgot to do this, or or even like, um, you know, I, I'm proclaiming the gospel to someone, and they're like, "Get out of here, you freak!" You know, <laughs> whatever it is. I mean. We, it's it's keeping that perspective right, and so we 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 will get tested in those ways, yeah. and so we keep asking us, "Where is my joy? Right. 
Where is my joy? My joy is in the fact that we have fellowship with the Father and that he wants more to come into that. And I'm going to I'm going to set my my hope, my my faith upon that and then and then that love and that loving fellowship with God will never be taken away. It's exactly. going to endure forever, right. right? And put it in practice. You know, yeah. the life of Christianity is a life of going through it, right? So put yeah. it in practice in the little things, you know. Oh, I spilled a little bit of coffee on my shirt. You know, it's right. not the end of the world. Praise God. Right. You know, and it doesn't mean that you have to be excited about it or anything like right. that, but just realize it's a little thing. And the more that you can put these things into practice in your day-to-day yeah. events and 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 not blowing your top, right? You know, or whatever the case may be. When the big things come, you'll right. you'll you'll be in That's, tune. You know, you bring that up, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna have a little time of confession here. You know, um, to the listener listeners podcast, the other something that happened. Um, it was the last weekend or the weekend before, something like that. I was I, I got really frustrated with my internet service, and. Um, they they were giving me like new equipment and all this kind of stuff and so but it was one of those things where you I went I said I'll go pick it up I get it but it was this total automated system where like if you just plug it in and it's supposed to like follow the stuff and you, you you get on the internet and you you put you do this and it just wasn't working and I was so frustrated I can't talk to a person I'm just like I just want to talk to a person and I call them and they you know I have to they're trying to to solve it all electronically, right. virtually, artificial intelligence. We were talking about <laughs> artificial intelligence before the podcast started, yeah. you know, and it just wasn't working for me. I'm like, I just want to talk to a person, right. and I and I blew my top, you know. Now, thankfully, now unless they have some recording or something that's going on, but I but I totally act. And afterwards, you know, when I got done, I repent and I confess. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry, you know, I just sinned against you, even though nobody else saw it. But I blew my top because I was so frustrated over this thing, but. It was, but that's that's the point. Is that even it's a little thing in the in the whole perspective of thing. You know, it's like who cares, right? But at the moment, I was trying. There was a game on that I wanted to watch, and I wasn't getting able to watch it, and I was just frustrated with the whole system. Like, why can't we just deal with people anymore? You know, <laughs> kind of a thing. But but the point is, is that why did I sin in that in that part? Why? Because I, I let my focus be on the wrong joy. You know, my joy was not. I, I was being robbed of joy because, because I was frustrated with a, a computer-driven world at the time. Right. You know, and yeah. and and got and, and it's like it, looking back on it, it was totally silly right. for right. me to 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 lose my well, of course, temper and, in that and, situation. And, and, right? and I do that, but um, one thing we want to make sure this is not about philosophy and being transcendental. Right. Oh, right. This is just about right. recognizing yeah. the power of God in our lives and the fact that He is on the throne right. and in control. Yeah. So, so with that, um, we will continue more um, in First John next week. We will, and, I, and that's kind of one of the reasons, as you were saying, that I kind of wanted to bring that up to lead us into the future. Because one, reason I bring I bring that up because as we talk about proclaiming the gospel, as we talk about witness, what we'll find in First John that it's not just about the things we say, mm-hmm. right? It's also about the life we live, that our witness um, is, 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 yes, it's in the testimony, it's in the words, but it also is in the life that we live and that people will see and notice. We know that all too well as parents. Right, <laughs> exactly, right? And so that's why I think it's important to, and, and keeping us rooted and grounded in where that joy is and in, in in that fellowship is that's what's important, will help us live the live the life of witness and not just talk about the life of witness so we'll we'll be getting into that in the next episode that sounds great all right right, perfect thank you have a good week everybody
next time, Pastor Matt will lead us through how we are to practice our faith as we walk properly in the light of Christ. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.